Let me ask you to take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Kings chapter 2. 1 Kings chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 4 this morning. And if you're using one of the Bibles that we provide under the seats, you will find this on page 280. Now I'll begin in a word of prayer, and then we can get started with our study. Let's pray. Our Lord, we thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship together as a church family. Lord, thank you for filling this church with godly men. Lord, thank you for those who have accepted the responsibility of fatherhood and Thank you for our grandfathers as well. Lord, I thank you for those, those godly single men in our church who are serving as, as brothers and uncles. Lord, I pray that you would raise up many more just like them. Lord, I also pray for this time that we'll spend in your word. pray that you would help us to uh, focus our mind upon this text pray that you would help us to come to understand its meaning and significance for our lives. I especially pray, Lord, that you would help us men as we seek to become all that you would have us to be through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray all these things in his name. Amen. So ever since 1891, the International Weightlifting Federation has held an annual competition called the World Weightlifting Championships. And the most recent championship was held in September of 2019. And the winner that year was a 25-year-old man from Georgia named Lasha Talakadze. This man lifted an astounding 1,067 pounds. Now, just to put that into to perspective, okay, our grand piano over here is just about that weight. So this man hoisted a grand piano over his head. Now, for many of us, this is the definition of a manly man. I mean, if you can lift a piano over your head, you are a man. And I would not dare challenge his manhood, because this guy could break me like a toothpick. But you know what's interesting is that when we turn to the pages of the Bible... The essence of true masculinity is not defined in terms of muscle. Now, the scriptures do speak to the fact that God has endowed men with with physical strength and that the average man will be stronger than the average woman. The book of Proverbs even says that the glory of a young man is his physical strength. And yet, the essence of what it means to be a man is not about physical strength. Instead, in the Bible, masculinity is defined primarily in terms of your internal spiritual strength. The Bible speaks of this throughout its pages, but the text that I'd like you to look at today is found in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, just to set the context for this passage, these record the words of King David, okay? David was king of Israel, arguably Israel's greatest king, 
And he reigned for about 40 years. But here in 1 Kings chapter 2, he has reached the end of his life. And he knows that he's about to die. And these are some of his final words to his son Solomon, the man who will succeed him as king. Now, I want us to notice what David says to Solomon. I'll begin reading in verse 2. He says to his son, I am about to go the way of all the earth. That means, Solomon, I'm going to die soon. Now, here is the charge he wants to leave with his son. He says, Be strong and show yourself a man. Isn't that interesting that this would be the exhortation that he would want to leave with his son, soon to be king? My son, I'm going to die. You're going to take my place. This is the instruction that I have for you as I depart this world. I need you to conduct yourself like a man. And then he further describes that. I need you to be strong. We could even render this. I want you to conduct yourself as a man by being strong. Strength is of the essence of manhood. But then look at verses 3 and 4, and he further describes the strength that he's talking about here. And you'll notice he doesn't talk about muscle. He says instead, be strong, show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God. So God had given a charge to David. He had called David to himself in salvation. He had appointed David to be the king over his people, Israel. And he had given to David his moral law. And David had been responsible to handle this stewardship well. Well, now David was dying and Solomon was going to take his place. God was handing this stewardship over to Solomon. David says to Solomon, now when you take the throne, I want you to act like a man. I want you to be strong. And here is how you will exhibit this strength. You will take hold of your stewardship. and You will be faithful to it. All that the Lord has given to you, you will carry out. And then he goes on and he says, and you will walk in God's ways. So there are really only two ways that a man can walk. He can follow the course of the world in all of its different varieties, or he can follow the path of God. Those are the two choices that you have before you. And David says to Solomon that strength will mean he will follow the way of God. No matter what life may throw at him, no matter what the challenges are going to be that he has to face, even if he's the last man to do so, he has to walk in God's ways. And that will, make, that will define him as a strong man, his ability to do that. And then David adds another descriptor. He says, and keep God's statutes and his commandments and rules and testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. So here, David says to his son, listen, God has also given us an inscripturated word. We have that as our possession. Now, take those words, you meditate upon those words, and everything that is there, you see those as God's words for you, and you receive them, and you obey the laws, the testimonies, the statutes, everything that God has laid out for you. It's a remarkable passage, is it not? David says, 
to his son, I need you, after I am gone, to be a man. I need you to be a man. And what that means is, I need you to be strong. And not the kind of strength that that involves lifting a grand piano off the ground, but the kind of strength that is a strength of spirit, a, a strength that says, I know God, and I know the charge that God has given to me, I know what my responsibilities are before God, and I will follow through. I will commit myself to God from now until the day that I die. All that he would have me to do, I will do. That is the strength that makes a man. In fact, none of the passages in the Bible that encourage men to be strong actually focus on physical strength. Every last one of them speaks of this internal fortitude. Let me just give you a couple of examples here. You don't need to turn there. I'll read the passages for you. But first is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. In this passage, we find Moses talking to his protege, Joshua. And it's a very similar situation. Moses is about to die. Hand the mantle of leadership to Joshua. Listen to what Moses says to Joshua. He says, be strong. Same thing that David is telling Solomon. He says, be strong and courageous. Then he says, do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So Joshua, you're about to take charge of God's people. I need you to be a man. I need you to be strong. But here's what it's going to mean to be strong. You show courage. You don't show fear. You have a firm faith in God such that you know He is always there with you. He will guide you through whatever you may have to face in life. That is the strength that Joshua would need to do his job. Or how about Joshua 1 verse 9? Now Joshua is taking charge of God's people, and God himself speaks to him and says this, Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, it's the same thing again. Joshua, you're the man in charge now, so you will need to be strong. But again, it's defined as courage in the face of opposition. It's having no fear when others threaten you. It's, it's being firm in your faith in God. It's not allowing you to be crumpled under the burden that you bear, but just bearing it up and continuing on in the ways of God. There's a New Testament passage that we could also turn to. It's addressed to both men and women, but it goes right along the same lines here. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the church. He says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And here, what does it mean to be strong? He says, put on the full armor of God. And what is the armor of God? He says that armor is truth, righteousness, a commitment to the gospel of peace. It is faith. It is taking hold of your salvation. It is clinging to the word of God and then praying at all times in the spirit. 
That is the biblical definition of strength. Ultimately, okay, ultimately, it's not having the power to hoist the grand piano over your head, as cool as that would be. Ultimately, strength is that inner spiritual fortitude that comes from someone who knows God, they know they are related properly to God, and they know the charge that he has given them, and off they go in faithfulness to their charge. Now, men, what are the implications of all of this for us? Well, first let me say that we really should care about our physical bodies. God did give them to us. And it is God's will that we eat healthy, that we keep our bodies active, so that we can fulfill all of the tasks that he has for us. And yet, men, we do not want to make our physical strength the preoccupation of our time and energy. It's important, but it's not what ultimately defines us as men. And by the way, wealth and power and fame and things like these do not define us as men either. If we're going to be the kinds of men that God would have us to be, our greatest preoccupation has to be on the inner self, developing the spirit within us. Friends, what we really need as men is to cultivate strength of mind, strength of mind, knowing God, first of all. Jesus said this in John 17, that this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and then that they know me, Jesus, the one you have sent. Strength of mind, coming to know the true and living God and then giving yourself to the, to the study of God and his ways. We need a, a mind that has carefully thought through issues of truth and falsehood and, and right and wrong. And we have come to biblical conclusions about these matters. And now our minds are fixed. We have our worldview in place. And it cannot be shaken because we know it's rooted in divine truth. We need to cultivate strength of faith, knowing knowing that we can trust this God that we have given ourselves to. A faith that is fueled by our interactions with God through our meditation on Scripture and through our times in prayer. We need strength of resolve. And we go again to 1 Kings 2, verses 2 through 4, where David says, Keep the charge of God. Walk in His ways. Keep His statutes and His commandments. You see, there... There is this entreaty to, to, for Solomon to dedicate his will to the things of God. You make a determination in your heart, Solomon, that you will follow hard after God. We need strength of resolve. We need to have strength of character, making good moral choices every day. And in being being in command of our sinful passions, not allowing ourselves to, to be dominated by anger or fear or lust or any of the other emotions that can take control of a man's life. You see, ultimately strength is about having a firm dedication to the God who made us. And men, it is out of this firm internal strength that we will be able to fulfill 
all of the assignments that God gives to us as men. You know, God does give us some unique assignments, like the responsibility to lead. God has created men to be leaders in their homes, in their churches, in their communities. To be a leader in these spheres means that God wills us to take initiative, to make decisions, to accept responsibilities, and when necessary, to take godly risks. You know, we need a whole lot more than just arms packed with muscle to be the leaders that God needs us to be. We need to have spiritual strength. God also calls men to love. Love that is expressed when we provide for others through our hard labors. A love that is also expressed when we protect others from harm. By the way, men, this is why God does give us physical strength. It's it's not to compel others to bend to our wills. Rather, he gives us physical strength to work and to provide for and to protect the people that he entrusts to us. That's why he gives us our strength. And it is when we have internal strength that we know how to rightly use the outer strength that he gives. That's why spiritual strength must come first. Some of you may know the story of the Birkenhead. Maybe others don't. One of my favorite stories. The Birkenhead was a ship that sailed in the mid-1800s. And in 1852... And on February 26th of that year, the Birkenhead was sailing from England to South Africa. And the ship was carrying about 700 men, women, and children. And on the journey south, the ship ran into a ledge. The hull was ripped open and it began to take on water. Within a half an hour, the entire ship had been submerged. But friends, before that ship sank, an important decision had been made. The men on board the Birkenhead had determined that not one woman or child would die on that night. The ship hit the ledge at 2 in the morning on February 26th. There were lifeboats on that ship, but like all ships of that time, there were not enough lifeboats to hold everyone. And so what the men did... They used their strength, inner and outer, to calmly lead all of the women and children aboard that ship onto the lifeboats. They lowered the lifeboats into the water, got them off to a safe distance before the ship sank. You know, not one woman or child died that night. Not even one. Do you know how many men died that night? Every single one of them. Every man aboard ship died. Some of them drowned to death. Others were mauled by sharks. But they all died. Now, friends, I doubt that any one of the men aboard the Birkenhead could have lifted a grand piano above their heads. But you know what? On that night, who cared, right? 
What really mattered on that night was that these men had an internal strength. Now, I don't know if all these men were Christians, but I do know that on that night they were sure acting like it. Like Christian men. No fear as they stare death in the face. They knew the right thing to do. We rescue our wives and our sisters and our mothers and our daughters. We get them to safety and we go down with the ship. That's the right thing to do. They knew it and so they executed the plan. That's internal strength. You have to know God really well to be able to do something like that. You have to have a world view that is firmly set before you can do that. You need a faith that can move mountains to be able to stare death and the sharks in the face to get your wives and your kids to safety. My friends, that is masculinity at its best. A masculinity that provides and protects. And it's the kind only possible when you have the internal strength described on the pages of the Bible. My friends, how do we develop that kind of strength? Well, men, God has a plan for us. And that plan is centered on His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus tells us what must happen for us to have this kind of spiritual strength. First, He says, we must be born again. Jesus says in John 3, until you are, or unless you are born again, you will not even see the kingdom of heaven, let alone have the strength that you will need to fulfill all of your tasks in this life. You need to be born again. And what is it to have a, a rebirth? Well, Jesus is talking there about a, a profound, spirit-wrought transformation in your soul that turns you from enemy of God to child of God. It is a, a new birth that is, that is witnessed through the instruments of repentance and faith. Spirit wrought with repentance and faith. We look at our sins and we forsake them, turn our backs on them, ask God to forgive us for them. And then in wholehearted trust, turning to God through His Son, the one who lived and died and rose again for our sakes. You see, if we're going to have real spiritual strength, it begins by understanding Jesus' call to be born again. And then, out of that new heart, you will be able to, to accomplish the tasks that your God has set before you. And Jesus is our model here as well. He shows us how it is done. Jesus is the model of true masculinity. Now, if all you know of Jesus is from those medieval paintings that you have, have witnessed, this might come as a shock to you, that Jesus is a model of strength. You know, in those, in those old medieval pictures, Jesus is pale like a ghost, and he is so scrawny, he's almost skeletal in appearance, and often his, his body is, is twisted into an almost feminine posture, that's the way that the medieval uh, artists rendered Jesus. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. The, the Bible describes him as a carpenter. This man would have been physically buff 
And he would have had skin tanned dark bronze from all of his time in the sun. His hands were calloused from handling the tools to build furniture and to construct homes. But even greater than his physical strength was Jesus' internal strength. Just see the strength of Jesus as he marches into that temple, overturns the tables of the money changers and drives them out with a whip. You see Jesus' strength as he looks Pharisees in the eye and says they are hypocrites. Look at the strength of Jesus as he stares down angry mobs and continues his ministry. Or as he preaches sermons before thousands and thousands of spectators, many of whom were hostile to him. Or look at his strength as he rebukes the demons. See also his masculinity as he shows compassion for people in distress. Think of the woman caught in adultery and how Jesus stood between this woman and the mob who was calling for her stoning. And he protected her that day. But then he said to her after they left, Now go and sin no more. Courage and compassion. Or think of the time that the little children wanted to come and and sit on Jesus' lap. And the disciples of Jesus saying, No, Jesus doesn't have time for you. He's got important things to do today. And Jesus said, Oh no, let the children come. That is true masculinity. There, friends, we find our model of manhood. You know what the ultimate show of Jesus' strength was? It was his ability to endure the cross. To be arrested on false charges, tortured through the night, sent through those kangaroo courts, and then hoisted on a cross. And to endure it all without begging for mercy or complaining about his plight. Because he knew this was his charge from his father. That was the whole point that he came. To come to earth, live a life of perfect righteousness. Merit the goodness that we could not on our own. And then give himself for his people. That was why he came and he endured it all. He remained silent in the face of his accusers. And even as he was suspended there on the cross, we see him thinking about his mother, asking the Apostle John to look after her once he was gone. We see him extending eternal life to the the man being crucified beside him. We see Jesus praying, God, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. Prayer that was answered on the day of Pentecost. My friends, see the strength of Jesus at the cross. Listen to his words and follow his example. It is by listening to Christ and following him that we men are rescued from the errors that men all too commonly fall into. The errors of being passive, wanting everyone to take care of us like we're still boys, or being abusive and not having control of our passions misusing the strength that God has given us to hurt those that we have been charged with providing for and protecting. It is only by the grace of God in Christ that we can be rescued from either of these errors, which you understand are not true masculinity, but sinful perversions of it. We need Christ if we're going to be real men. 
We need his words and his example. We also need the church of Jesus Christ. I love this quote I recently came across from John Stott, a world-famous theologian from a prior century. He said, An unchurched Christian is a grotesque anomaly. The New Testament knows nothing of such a person. The church lies at the very center of the eternal purpose of God. Listen, friends, Christ died for his church. Will you be indifferent to it? Men, will you stand there and say, church is for women and children? It's not for me? When your Lord Jesus Christ gave his very life for it, when he calls men to take up the mantle of leadership in it. Oh, men, we need the church We need its doctrines. We need the responsibilities that it gives. We need the encouragement of our fellow believers. We need older men to serve as mentors, younger men that we can disciple. We need to be rebuked sometimes and brought back on the right path. We men need the church. And Christ has ordained that his church should be a tool by which our strength will be cultivated. We also need to start taking on some responsibilities a little at a time over the course of our lives. This will shape us into the men that God has called us to be. When I was younger, I thought that going from boyhood to manhood was an event that happened in a moment in time. You You turn 18, now the law says you're responsible for your own actions, so you're a man then, right? Oh, I've learned differently over the years. The growth from boyhood to manhood is actually a process that takes decades of our lives. And it marches forward as we slowly but surely come to greater levels of apprehension of of God and His Word. And we take those to heart, make them a part of us, and then begin accepting the responsibilities to which God calls us. Growing up and taking on a job. I remember the first time I took a full-time job working in an auto factory. I felt like a man that day, bringing home a full-time employee's paycheck. Then I got married. I realized I wasn't a man yet. There are a lot of parts of my character that still needed to be shaped. But being married has made me a little more like the man that God would have me to be. Then I became the pastor of Grace Baptist Church and realized I'm still not a man. A man has responsibilities to bear. And I've worked on that. And then the Lord blessed me with children and I discovered that that God uses children to develop us into men. As we now have these, these little lives who are absolutely dependent on us. Without our labors on their behalf, they won't eat or drink or survive. Makes you feel more like a man after you have kids. And I imagine that process is never going to end. Someday, by the grace of God, I'll be a grandparent and I'll feel like a man on a new level. As my body begins to age and I grow weak, I will have to learn new aspects of manhood. I'll have to learn about the internal strength that it takes to see a body that is growing weaker. Our whole lives long, we're learning what it means to be men. But always, always, we are looking to Christ as our model, and we are looking to the support of our local church to help us along the path. 
And by our own personal scripture intake and prayer, we are allowing God, perhaps that's not the right way to say it, we are asking God to help us become all that he would have us to be. Now, men, whether we like it or not, one day we will lose our physical strength. That's how life works in this sin-cursed world. We're born, we get stronger. Every day my son boasts about his new levels of strength. He can jump farther than he did yesterday. He can inflict more damage on his dad when we wrestle. He's getting stronger every day. But you know, the time is going to come. It's closer for me than for him when we'll reach that tipping point and the body will not be getting stronger and bigger anymore. It's going to start wasting away. And one day, should the Lord tarry, I will die. My spirit will pass from this life to the next. Yours will too. This is the course that we are all on in this sin-cursed world. But friends, we never have to lose our masculinity. At no point in the process. You know, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16 We do not lose heart, for though our outer self wastes away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. The part that really matters when it comes to manhood, the inner strength of the person, that can be renewed every single day. And so, men, let's work on our responsibilities. Let's become strong men. Yes, let's care about our bodies. God gave them to us, but let's prioritize. Let's prioritize strong minds, strong hearts, strong faith, so that we can do what God would have us to do in this moment. And let's pray together now. Lord, we thank you for the time that you've given us, and I pray that you would help us men, Lord, to grow into full maturity. Lord, I I thank you for filling this church with, with godly men already. None of us has reached the end point. Lord, continue to sanctify us. Continue to draw us deeper into your word. Lord, I pray that if someone is here who hasn't come to a saving knowledge of your son, Lord, that you would do that miraculous work on them this morning. To open their hearts, Lord. Pray that they would respond in repentance and faith. Lord, help us as we look to Christ as our ultimate example of what a man of God should be. Lord, I pray that our church would shine as a light in this community and in every part of the world that this ministry touches, that we would show courageously and compassionately to the world what it looks like to be a a real man as you define it. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen.